Film on the Rocks has been Colorado's essential summer event for over 20 years, featuring live performances and movies under the stars at the iconic, the iconic Red Rocks Park and Amphitheater. The summer series combines some of the best in culture, views, and cult classics. It's really a movie experience like no other, and these viewings fill up fast, so make sure to get your tickets ASAP. They've got some awesome classics airing right now. Uh, throughout July into August, they've got The Lost Boys, Golden Eye, Legally Blonde, Independence Day, The Shining, Jurassic Park, tons of others as well. May through August, they have 21 drive-in movie options for a date night, or it's a great family outing as well. It's a state-of-the-art 55-foot LED screen, and it's only $59.50 per car. You can pack as many people in as you want. Who doesn't want to go to a drive-in movie on a nice summer night? over the next couple months. Really a great time. Uh, you also get a dope snack pack with candy and soda and sometimes free packs of beer with that $59.50 purchase per car. Amphitheater shows are $16 general admission tickets, $32 for VIP. Head to denverfilm.org for more information. They've got all the time for viewing and whatnot there as well. Head to denverfilm.org for more info. I'll do it again. You have to. I didn't plan on shaming you publicly. At least but. I'm not wearing a sweater. <laughs> well, you're wearing the sweater. What is up, everybody, and welcome in to the DNVR Nuggets right on podcast. Time. Right on time. Right on time. Oh, oh, we are late today, aren't we? We are still waiting for our esteemed guest today, Joel Rush, who's flying in from Japan. Flight's a little late. Um, but we should hopefully have him, we think, hopefully. relatively soon. Yeah. Uh, one of the OGs in the Denver Nuggets uh, online community. Um, he'll be joining us any moment, but I do still have my Steam colleague Brendan Vogt. Steam, I like that. I don't know if anyone else uses that for me, Just me in any context, but I'll take it. It's, you only use it when you're introducing guests on a podcast. That's right. <laughs> it just shows how much I love you and Thank how you. deeply. Wow, that's surprisingly since I'm waiting for the punchline. There's no punchline. There's no punchline. No, Over here, though, something I don't love. Mm. Sweatpants on a 100 degree day. Yeah, let's talk about it some more. Uh, it's really, It's really hot out. <laughs> Well, okay. A, I'm actually not that hot in this studio. Um, the fans going. I'm actually fairly comfortable. You're lying. A B, I've sworn never to wear shorts on this show, and I never. Will. <laughs> you will never see me wearing shorts. Be proud of those legs, baby. Set. Let those legs breathe. Um, and also, I'm I'm just all, all about comfort. I'm comfortable right now. Yeah, we're presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, <laughs> yeah. America's top rated. I know you're not uh, America's top rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DMVR when you sign up. Sign up today, guys, because tomorrow, Whoa. Andre, our betting expert, is going to be joining us for our draft show and giving us. It's, it's so fun. Like betting on the draft is so fun because you're betting on like who gets picked where. And then it just gives yeah. you dumb things to like root for when that happens. You're like yeah. So he's going to be giving us those. We're all going to be betting together. You don't have to. You can bet on your own people. But we're all going to be betting together and hopefully celebrating together. Last year it worked out, and so it's going to be a yeah, lot of fun. Last year, Andre handed out a bunch of winners. Like he did. A bunch yep. of winners. I think it was pack 12 players to get chosen in yeah. the first round or yeah, something it was like, like funny, that. Yeah, that's Winner. Fun Absolute winner. Um, so I played ball yesterday. Yeah. How'd it go? Uh, it went great. We won. Um, but... It's funny because I felt so terrible. It was a late game. I like ate a burger right before I went and played. Just play like I've never felt physically felt as bad as I did. Hell no. You think I'm gonna eat it now? I don't. Had some Freddy's. I just wanted to say it was delicious. It's just not a food you eat right before playing, especially at 38 years old. But um, I remember like when I was coming home, I'm like, man, this is the least mobile I've ever felt. I just like I felt so bad while playing, and then I came home and watched uh, Team USA play play Iran. And you know, I'm watching Hamad Haddadi, and I'm like, "That's yeah, me! Cool. That's me!" Right? I actually I, thought the same. I thing. I did the thing where yeah. you're like, "That's me!" He <laughs> looked so slow, so slow. Did you watch this? I watched it, man. I watched it. He he looked like he should definitely not have been playing in that game. I, I was concerned <laughs> for him. I think he did get injured at one point. He just did. like jumping. Yeah, yeah, he did get injured. He, he didn't really land on anybody or anything. He just got hurt. Yeah. Um, I was very worried about him every single time he ran up the floor. I thought something bad was going to happen to him on every single play. It kind of reminded me of um, like Luis Scola trying to run up and down with Bam out of bio, and you're just like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's really yeah. cool to see you playing, but it's not as cool to see you. Iran's game plan, definitely just get the ball to a dot. Like, <laughs> that was the number one thing and probably the only thing on their game plan. Uh, high uh, a dotty, high uh, usage of dotty night. 7-2. 
254 pounds. He's enormous, 36 man. years old. That's a... That's 36? A, I didn't realize he was that old. That's like a long... That's my he age. So he, not he actually did well. look just like I do. Well. Yeah, he's not aged Moving well. out there. <laughs> he's not aged But well. he's awesome. But you know what? Team USA did get the win, and they looked dominant. Now, I know it was you know maybe the worst team in all of, all of the Olympic whatever, but the thing that stood out to me about last night's game that's kind of noteworthy is that Team USA moved the ball. Mm. Like, they passed the ball really well. It's easy to do that against teams that aren't necessarily great defensively and can't match you athletically. And, you know, the U.S. still had – they don't have as – the athletic advantage isn't as pronounced against some of these other teams. Like, Nick Batum knows what sure. NBA speed is. Some of these guys last night probably not as familiar with it. Yeah. But they – I don't know. Like, even relative to expectations, I thought they looked good. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna go that far. You don't want to hype them up? <laughs> no, we're back, baby. I'm. I'm not hyping Team USA up after that. I mean, yes, it's a lot easier to make threes against a team when you're like up by twenty. Like it just is. <laughs> and that, I'm not gonna take that much away from. Yeah, the ball movement was great. Yeah, they they played well. Yeah, they were hitting shots. Um, I'm not taking anything away from it. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's like. That's got to be the bar, you know, when Kevin Durant and, and the likes are playing against that team. That's got to be the it bar. Is, it is nice, like, when you're a player, it's just nice to get a win. And you're like, oh, man, we're Team USA. We can be dominant. Right. That will help them. But um, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought they shot, they shot the ball well. You know who? There's a guy I've really changed my opinion on that I'm kind of surprised. over. Not t- t- today is or last night. Devin Booker? No. Although him, him too, him too. I kind of, I mean, he he on Team USA looks like Bob Sura on the Pistons. <laughs> oh, not good. Oh, I was gonna say, <laughs> flush that here? one out. Yeah, yeah what are we not good. What a weird comp that was. All right, all right. Um, no, the guy whose my opinion has changed is Zach Levine. Uh-huh. I used to not be a Zach Levine guy, and it wasn't last night. I'm saying this is a process, but I think last night watching him, I was like, I love how he plays. I actually really like it. I might be a Zach Levine fan. You might, might oh, go as Zach far Levine. as to say that. Not only does he score the ball. I mean, he kind of reminds me of Jamal Murray in a lot of ways. Just mm-hmm. the way he's like so comfortable scoring off the bounce and running the pick and rolls or whatever. But I even kind of like. I'm watching Damian Lillard play. And he shot the ball well last night. But I'm like, Zach Levine can do a lot of the same stuff. What's different about him? Offensively, they might be comparable players. I think of Zach Levine as in a place where, honestly, Devin Booker might have been in before last year. Yes. Mm. Where if Zach Levine was playing with DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul and for a coach like Monty Williams with the perfect roster around him, what would we think of Zach Levine? Like, we might think of him, you know, as we think of Devin Booker right now, to be quite honest. Maybe he's like a slight step, a quarter step below the player Devin Booker is, but... It's all about situation, man. It's, yeah. it's all yeah. about situation in the NBA, especially with these guys who, you know, have this empty stats label right, assigned right. to them. It's all about situation and who they're playing with and how many games that team is winning. Because if Zach Levine and Devin Booker switch places, we'd probably talk about, you know, them completely differently. I think they were probably categorized by a lot of people, at least for me, in a similar way, like you're describing the empty calories. Yeah. And. You know, the Devin Booker run was and, and and listen, some guys are empty calorie guys, but it was a good reminder that what you just said, it context fit. Team USA also had a starting lineup change. They did have a starting lineup change. Yeah. What Dev- do you make of it? <laughs> Devin Booker in the starting lineup. I yeah. mean, again, it's Iran. <laughs> I mean, like that's... But I mean, conceptually, it is funny that they play who, three who, guards. Who did they start the first game? Uh, was it Draymond? I think it was. Wasn't he on, on yeah. the starting group? Yeah. So Draymond for Bam, Holiday for or and then Holiday Holiday's there. there. Booker's got, in there. And uh Damian Lillard. Yeah. So you go three guards, all play pretty much the same height than Kevin Durant, then Bam. I mean, I honestly it might be the right the right mix. They just don't yeah. have a great like point guard. That's that's the one thing about it. They have some good defense. Drew Holiday once again just is a stud defensively. Um can I say one other thing about Devin Booker? I might have made this point during the playoffs. Devin Booker, if you compare him now to where when he came into the league, he is so much thinner. And mm-hmm. I really do think like he had a great year. I think that was part of it. Like he just was in ridiculous mm-hmm. shape. I mean, he looks and maybe he stays in that, but he is just so thin and so lean. And I just wonder with Jamal, I think in the bubble was the leanest I've ever seen him and also the best of it we've ever seen him. And I wonder if at, I think at that level, just being as cut as you like almost dangerously so when you're like that that's just the way you bring, you get the most out of you're that much quicker and i wonder when you're his age too i mean 
we could we can only guess but how keen are you on either saying let's get this rest my body needs a rest or mm. i'm in the best shape of my life let's keep playing hoops like, right let's keep right. this thing rolling yeah. yeah i don't know i'm a little bit more high on uh on team usa a quick, little bit more quick side note i'm looking at the usa france box score i didn't catch this game live so i didn't know this apparently both draymond green and bam Adebayo started right that's what i was saying together that was the replacement yeah, Why you get would you start Booker. those two guys together? It's traditional four or five, kind of, I think, is the, the idea. Wow. More size inside. France a little bit bigger. Interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting. I mean, clearly it was choice. a bad it was a bad pair. Clearly it's not it wasn't the way they were going to go. Um I want to oh. talk to about the draft here. I, I just got a message from Joel. He missed his bus and is walking in a hundred degree heat. So we're gonna get a very sweaty Joel here how, momentarily. Wait, how long is he walking? Uh, well, he told me where he was at. It's not too far away, so he should Japan. be here in like five minutes. Probably by segment two, he'll be okay. he'll be here. Um, but I do. <laughs> Someone sent Joel a car. Yeah, let me go pick this guy up. But um, you know, I just want to ask on the eve of the draft, and again, of course, our coverage begins tomorrow at five forty-five. Should we run down our guest list real quick? Yeah, well, oh, let's, let's hype up the guest. Let's list hype a this bit. up. Let's flex. Um, all right, we got swipe a cam in the house. We Let's got go Ryan Blackburn in the house. Ooh. Legend. Oh, online. We've got Matt Moore. Matt Moore. We've got Kristen Peak. Kristen Peak of got, Yahoo Sports. We've got Marcus Howard. Marcus Howard of, of, the, of the Denver Nuggets. Uh, and possibly even George Carl. Like, that's a murderer's row of guests that we're going to have for uh, for tomorrow. I can't wait. I'm going to be so hyped. As well as, you know, the fan vote with people here live at the bar. Come Get on down. On you too could be on. We could add your name to the guest list if that's you come right. on down. It's just going to be a great time. I'm so excited for this. Um, but I wanted to ask Are you. Are people more excited for Swipa or Marcus Howard? Maybe both. <laughs> maybe you don't have to pick. Based on the comments, maybe Swipa. <laughs> you don't have to pick. Um, one of my questions I want to ask, though, um, about the eve of the draft, do you feel different? Like, do you feel like some momentum going in a direction one way or the other? Do you feel like maybe your perspective on what you're about to expect is changing? In terms of what the Nuggets might do? Yes. No. Um, I'm, I feel pretty confident in kind of what I've been saying all along, that they're probably most likely to stick at 26 mm -hmm. and just take the guy that falls to them. I think they're confident. But that even though the pick, even the pick, do you feel like it's probably going to be one of the guys you anticipate? We've talked about the Jared, a yeah, Springer or McBride. I feel like there's a group of five or six guys. Right. Yeah. Springer, McBride, DeSunmo. Um, who else is in that group? Primo? Uh, Primo. Although I've heard Primo's not going to be there at 26. Okay. It's like you probably have to move up for Primo into the 20s or into the early 20s. Maybe late teens. Okay. Uh, Quentin Grimes. We, he, we haven't talked about him in a while, but I feel like he might be the guy, too. Okay. I feel like that's the pick where no one will groan. You know what I mean? Those, all the ones we just said? No, no. I think if, if Grimes. Quentin Grimes was the pick, I don't think anyone's going to be like, oh. You know? Is this your first day on the internet? Uh, yeah, say it's a little early. That's it might be a little early for Grimes. Yeah. But... but you can make the case. I don't think anything's early at 26, though. That's the thing about right. it. If, if you have your guy at 26, do you remember, just take him. Do you remember when Sacramento took uh, Papa Giannis at like 12 or 11 oh or something God. like that? That that Like at 11, 12, 13, those are reaches when you take a guy that was projected to go yeah. 30. But at 26, you take someone that's 35, right. 40. It's like, yeah, come on. Grimes at 26, that's fine. No. Like, What are you going to do? Take him now, early second round? Same thing. Now, what about this one? Do you feel like the draft tomorrow in general? Because tomorrow, look, trade. Uh, this happens every year. Man, phones are busier than normal right now, guys. Like, I would expect some like, people around the league expecting a flurry of trades. A flurry of trades. Like, do you kind of share that sentence? Like, do you, would you be shocked? What do you predict tomorrow will be? Lots of trades, regular amount of trades, fewer trades than usual. Regular amount of trades. Yeah, I don't know about amount, but I do think. Like, you guys saw the Ben Simmons update today. So is the asking price going to be too high? Probably. But there's a chance, uh, you know, another star goes is on the move in draft night, or at least that prospect will hang over the night. Yeah. The number one I want to thing I want to see tomorrow night is I want to see Oklahoma City come in with a godfather offer for a top three pick. I want them <laughs> to just be like five first-round picks and Shea Gilgis-Alexander for number two. Like, tell us no. Yeah. Tell us no, uh, like Detroit or 
Cleveland or Houston? Tell, tell us now. We always root for chaos. It's yeah. just fun when there's chaos. chaos. Um, I, I kind of expect tomorrow, I, I would say regular as well, but I do think there'll be some big rumblings, some big rumors. It is funny, man. One of the reports, if we talk about Team USA, one of the reports that came out from Windhorst was Draymond Green, very active <laughs> in like recruiting. That's on his sole purpose of being on the team. It really is. It really, it's yeah. so funny to think about why are guys there. It's like actually the reason you join Team USA now is to, yeah. it's part of why I'm kind of glad Michael Porter's not there. Yeah. And there are also those, those rumors <laughs> of Damian Lillard just like talking shit about the Blazers at a team dinner. Do you see those? <laughs> no, really? Yeah. There's just one team dinner apparently where Lillard was just airing all his grievances about the Blazers. <laughs> so uh, we have the meme, Adam Mades, Damian Lillard. Talking about shit about the Portland Trailblazers over dinner. At dinner. <laughs> yeah, that's why I proposed that a, a fun segment during the draft show would just be a check-in on the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> oh, just man. every like 30 minutes, see what's going on in Portland. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I, I expect it. Let me ask this one. What would be a disappointing draft, in your opinion? Oh, I see a guest in the house. Um, trading I see up. Joel. Joel, come upstairs. <laughs> trading up for Mitchell, which is... In a, a, that would be a disappointment to you. What I mean, if, what if it's cheap? What if it's like bowl bowl? Is PJ Dozier cheap in that scenario? I don't even see, know if he's considered. That's cheap. exciting to me, man. Like that'd be that'd be exciting. Like Tim like Conley Dozier. going up to get his guy. I mean, that, look, it's the kind of thing that I'd be prepared to be like, oh, I'm wrong, and he's great, and this is awesome. I just don't. I'm not sold on it enough. Where if they gave up assets to get there, yeah. Uh, yeah. But who cares what I think, Joel? Joel, come on in, man. Come on in. We got a seat for you right here. I'm so excited for this. Hey, man. And the sweltering. He actually, uh, um, yeah, here. Can you get him ice water? Yeah, get <laughs> this man a drink. <laughs> Have a seat, Joel. Have a seat, man, right here. Yeah, yeah. Right here. live from Japan in How's the flesh. Going, I didn't hey, think nice I didn't know if we would yeah. ever get to meet in person, person. man. Yeah, Adam, great to meet this you. This is brother. so cool. This is too cool. That's Brendan. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, forgot to introduce myself. Pull, pull on up. Why don't we hit an ad break here? Uh, yeah, let let Joel get break. some water, get situated. Don't pass out on us. Oh, <laughs> don't pass out. Don't faint. We're not liable. We're, on, we're not liable here. <laughs> uh, let's take a break real quick. On the other side, guys, we're going to get right into this with Joel. Uh, yeah, guys, make sure to pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager from Breck Brew this week. Make sure you got some for the draft. If you're watching our draft show at home, uh, if you can't be at the DNVR bar and are taking it in on YouTube, on uh, Twitter, have a Mile High City Copper Lager next to you. It's a great beer to sip for any occasion. Uh, if you're at a park, if you're going camping. Oh, man. You ready? You ready I am ready. Camping I am ready. <laughs> so ready. I'm actually not at all ready. <laughs> I have like 40 major life things going on between now and next yeah. weekend. Well, make sure you have some uh, Mile High City Copper Lager with will you. Will do. I will do. Pick some up at Breck Brew at the farmhouse. If you're over there, pick some up at your local liquor store as well. Also, at manscaped.com right now. If you're a DNVR listener, if you're a DNVR member, you guys can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code DNVR at manscaped.com. Uh, that's 20% off plus free shipping with the code DNVR at manscaped.com. Make sure to uh, go to manscaped.com. Check out the Lawnmower 4.0 with that 7,000 RPM motor, 4,000K LED spotlight. Uh, you also get with the performance package, you also get that. $39 shed travel bag. Great value. Awesome value. Uh, so go to manscaped.com. Use the code DNVR for 20% off plus free shipping. Again, use the code DNVR at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. All right, back here at DNVR Nuggets Podcast, and we've got Joel Rush. You can pull, go ahead and pull that in uncomfortably close to your to your mouth there. That's the <laughs> way it's kind of works. Try to get situated here. Joel, yeah. I honestly thought we'd never meet. So this is kind of cool. Yeah, I, I'm happy that we can. I, uh, <laughs> Wasn't sure about that either myself. But. <laughs> so what do you think? You've been in Colorado for, uh, what, a couple weeks now? Yeah, I came in on the 15th. So Okay. It's been, uh, you know, for me, I've mainly been spending time with family, so it's been pretty chill. Yeah, nice. But hot. When, when was <laughs> yeah, the last time you were... it is very hot here. <laughs> when was the last time you were back in the area? Two years ago. Okay. Uh, we were planning to come back last summer as well, but... Right, right. Things got changed. Sure, yeah. yeah. What you happened? Well, some stuff happened. Mm. Um, I'm happy I finally made it specifically here to the DMVR bar. You didn't yeah. even get a chance to really peek around. Uh, just had to had to yeah, hurry on in here. Will. Yeah. Um, so we're talking. We're kind of preparing for the job. Actually, I had one last question. So you left during the Olympics. Was that intentional? No, that was just uh, my dad was coming from Phoenix. To oh, okay. In the middle of July, so I planned my trip time. Oh, nice, nice, mm -hmm. nice. Um, all right, so we're talking about the draft here and 
the question was, what would make a disappointing draft to you? Tomorrow night, what would you look at and be like, man, that's they dropped the ball? Well, we're jumping right into it. Yeah. We? <laughs> Tough one. Well, bro. we're kind of in the, we're actually in the middle of the show yeah, now. I, I'm <laughs> dropping right into it. The this. show yeah, is but, happening. Um, I mean, I always go back to 2017. How can I not? Yeah. Yeah. The equivalent of a Tyler Lydon. <laughs> okay. Um, Someone we haven't really talked about too much and which would be is underwhelming because we've talked about a lot of guys. A lot of underwhelming guys even, yeah. Yeah, like I was saying yesterday, there's not any guy I'm just super like 100% stoked about mm. i like a lot of guys but yeah yeah I, th I think you know basically i want to see tim Connolly go in with a plan and execute it I, I think that's what went wrong in 2017 is they tried to get too cute by half and right kind of you know drop the ball because of that but um they know their guys their their scouting is already done like i trust them to you know pick a good if it's a prospect that doesn't pan out yeah so be it but you know i, I think they're not looking for an NBA ready guy. They're not looking for a championship contributor. I doubt at twenty six, right. right? So well, yeah, twenty six maybe not so much. More of a guy that you hope in a year or two's time is, is going to be a guy that helps as part of your rotation. Do you guys put much credence into this uh, moving up thing? We've talked about it at length. I, I don't buy it. I mean, I mean, like I, I buy that Connolly could be making calls, sure. but like I don't buy that they'll actually follow through and do it. But. I think we all kind of share that yeah. that sentiment. Yep. Yeah. But so at the same time, I would be—I would not be that surprised though, to see them do it. I just, you know, Conley yeah. really likes the draft, and and he's really good at it. So if he had a guy, again, you talk about having a plan. If they have a guy that's like, hey man, this is a guy that is going to be a difference maker. I don't see it, but if they see it and feel confident about it, then I wouldn't be surprised. I just don't think they'll get it done. That's yeah. Yeah, that's the other question. Um, I mean, I think there are teams that are in the teens and the early 20s that want to trade back. I take Indiana, for example. Like, Indiana right. hires Rick Carlisle. Like, they're not trying to get a rookie right. and right. develop that. They're trying to, you know, build off of last season. So, I think that's a team that I could trade back. New Orleans is another one. New Orleans, I think that, yeah. And actually, what, one of the things I have heard is that, yeah, 15 to 20, you know, 15 to 30, there's a lot of teams that have the 30th projected guy at 19, 18. Right. So, there might there might be it might be a little bit cheaper than most just based on most years just based on how flat it is in so, that zone. So yeah, there's going to be opportunity, and we've seen with the Nuggets and Tim Connolly, if there's a guy that falls past the value that Denver pegs him at, and say a guy that they project at ten falls to sixteen or seventeen, kind of similar to how R.J. Hampton felt last year from whatever the Nuggets had him rated at, he fell to twenty four. That was clearly much lower than Denver had him rated at if that happens with another guy like yeah you could see them get aggressive i think um, and it can't hurt to just lay the groundwork for that which i imagine is probably more what they're doing than you know i, I don't imagine like right at the beginning of the draft they're moving up right like right, you right. said that would be something that happens yeah. in honestly it would happen at factors. the pick that they were moving up so if they were moving up to 17 right. it would probably happen at 16 because it's 17. all about okay like we'll do this trade if the guy that we want is available there so that's why it happens ha, ha, right at the pick. And actually, half the time, the picks are announced after the fact. So it'd be like, New Orleans takes so-and-so, Chris Duarte, and then the 18th pick comes up, and they're like, Denver has traded for the 17th pick. Yeah. And, and now, so... But, Joel, I mean, my feeling is the biggest barrier is the viability. Like, how... What what are the low-to-middling assets Denver has, right, that you can say these are expendable? Because you pretty quickly get into Monte Morris territory, and sans any sort of other point guard coming in, Monte is essential, I think. Totally. And also, like, the same reasons for those opportunities to move up existing are the same reasons, like, you're talking about, like, what is the value of, you know, throwing in assets to move up three spots if you're basically looking at a pool of roughly yeah. equivalent guys anyhow? Like, yeah. Why not just stay at 26 and someone's going to fall to you there who you probably like anyways. So I have an interesting philosophical question for you, Joel, because you brought up the two cute by half. And I think it's funny because you said half here, but it, the plan... I think it's pretty well publicized now that the plan was to get OG Ananobi. And Trey Lyles didn't work out, so it makes the plan look even worse. But let's say Trey Lyles is whatever. He's okay. Ninth best player on your team. All right, whatever. OG Ananobi would have been a starter, and he would have been Aaron Gordon for, for Denver. What is the success rate on that kind of move that you feel like makes it worthwhile? Because they did trade back and got Nurkic and Gary Harris. That was a win. So they went 50-50 on being cute in the draft. Is that actually good odds? Meaning... They hit one pretty, like, triple, and they struck out once. 
Is it if they tried to do that again and you knew you had fifty fifty chance to pull it off, a fifty fifty chance to get a Biden? Is that a good good draft odds? I think the odds of Tim Connolly knowing who his guy is and just going and get him like he should have gotten Anunoby are much better than the odds of that kind of gamble working out. Okay. So I just I, trust Connolly and his scouting department to, you know, just if you like a guy, just get him. And, yeah. You know, but I think they were trying to get two guys. Like, in theory, if you got OG Ananobi and Trey Lyles, and all of a sudden you're like, we got two rotation pieces for yeah. one draft pick. And maybe they feel that same way this year. I'm, I'm just trying to throw out that hypothetical. They're, they're about to have three max contract guys. So yeah. like, I don't think they need to get two guys this draft. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just maybe if they feel like the guy that's going at 17 or something is like, hey, man, that's that's more valuable to us than P.J. Dozier, Bull yeah. Bull, and whatever this pick is. And if I we think get it. Also, other teams are smarter now. Yeah, definitely. Like Toronto, there's only one Sacramento. Toronto Kings foiled team. that plan by picking on Anunoby, right? Like, so I, I actually don't think to Toronto foiled the pan. I think that I think, and I don't know this, but some of the intel I got shortly after was that it was actually Brooklyn who foiled the plan because they knew Toronto wanted him, but they wanted to trade up to get. So they were going to trade and then trade to get Brooklyn's pick because Brooklyn took Jared Allen that year, mm-hmm. and they were saying Toronto had at that point three center that Valanciunas. They had, they just had a bunch of guys. And it was like, they are not going to take a center. You don't have to worry about them taking Jared out from you. So trade us. We'll throw in a second or something like that to try to get it. And they just wouldn't budge. Mm. And so it was more that he thought they could make this logical deal. And then they, they couldn't end up getting them to agree for whatever reason. So mm. okay. so um, anyway, it is it does come down to intel or what have you. But um, I don't know. For me, a disappointing draft. I mean, I th- I'm with you. They take a player out of left field. that, and maybe or, we they, or they trade back. That would be disappointing, too. Trading back wouldn't be disappointing to me. Like trading out of the draft? If you got something for it. I mean, again, if sure. you got a, some, if you just traded back for no reason. But if you traded back and were able to acquire a future first or, you know, two picks in the second round that you they had their guy there, I'd say, okay, we'll be interested. I don't know if they need two second rounders. Like, Denver Nieces are adding actual pieces. Look, they got the Grand Rapids gold, man. They do need the second rounders. <laughs> I, I would say conversely that the most satisfying thing to me that they could do with that first round pick would be to just – do a Jeremy Grant thing and trade it for an immediate contributor. Right. Mm. That would, I, to me, that would also be a, a thing I would be looking yeah. for. Absolutely. Get somebody like that. I don't anticipate it, but um, that would be interesting for me. Yeah. Um, do you have a guy, Joel, in this draft? This is the draft I'm least prepared for in years, just because like, planning this trip to come here. Yeah, like, yeah. So many factors just kind of confluenced to kind of distract me from even engaging in that. So I, I'm the most clueless about this year's draft than I have been in a while. Let me ask you this, because I was just talking to somebody as I was coming in, and I've been thinking about this for the last few days. I'm actually, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope tomorrow is a shot in the arm in terms of excitement or something that happens where I, I feel confident. I kind of feel like next year is a step back year for Denver. And look, it could come together at the end of the year, but I also just wonder if Denver is maybe, maybe it's smart for them to prepare for to next year to be a step back year. Not throw in the towel, but just a year where they look at it and go, can we compromise ourselves to try to win next year? Or can we maybe compromise ourselves to set ourselves up for, for the future? Meaning maybe next year we don't feel that great about our odds to win a title, but we feel like it's a bounce back year and we'll go forward. I, I just wonder if that's the smart play, the pragmatic play. Well, I think maybe unintentionally you saw the groundwork being laid for that when uh – Michael Malone said they're going to rest Nicole Jokic five to ten games next year. Mm, like that was the first. Yeah, thing you don't I do thought. that if you're missing Murray already and you want to get a one, two, or three right. seed. Like they would probably do that. I mean, maybe they wouldn't. I, I would think they would do that even you know if Jamal Murray was healthy because like you could see the wear and tear that sure. it, it, the the season had on Nicole last year. But um, I mean, I asked Michael Malone that like postseason and I wasn't expecting him to come out with like a definitive plan right. but he said that they did have a plan it's like we'll see if they stick to that but I thought that was that was my first sign that maybe like they're thinking along those lines too what do you think vote I think this is the year where maybe the philosophy shifts in terms of like every win top seeding matters to us um you know the Nuggets haven't proven any anything yet in terms of winning at all, but they have proven that they're a competitive team at their best, even more competitive than people think at their worst. So, particularly with regards to what Win just said, I mean, if it if it's like we, they need to beat the Kings tonight or like let's time to get Jokic a rest, I think this is the year where maybe you. Well, lean. they might still lose the Kings. Even that's with a yeah, great that's point. Kings is a great game to play against. Yeah, just to just tank those ones. Rashawn Holmes, if he's back. 
Um, but I also, well, just to put a bow on it, it'll be interesting because I think that goes against Malone's DNA as sure. a competitor. Sure, sure, sure. Next year be a step back year? And should it be a step back year, given the circumstances? You almost have to divide it into, like, the first half without Jamal Murray and the second half with him. And, like, yeah. do you think we'll get enough of Jamal Murray at the end of the season and in the playoffs that you could make up for what you're going to miss in the first half of the season? And, like, it's pretty hard to predict. But I, I don't think you could see it as a year where you're going to improve on last season at the very right, least. Right. Like, that would be unrealistic with Murray missing more than half the games. So. But you don't want to punt either because the what's really weird and so tough about the timing of the Murray injury is that this is this is still a season where you can get we'll see what happens with Barton but you can get those five guys back on the court right. by the playoffs right. and shouldn't that be the goal if you can considering how good they looked so again just the Murray thing throws a wrench in this for so many yeah. so many reasons they came, they came out with the key dates for next season and oh that's right the regular season is going to end on April tenth. Regular wow. season's going to end on April that's, 10th. That does, oh, no, that's about right. That's well, about right. That's pretty close yeah. to normal. That right? is but usually the 12th. Or Man, so Murray really might only have is, five, six What I'm weeks. saying is Jamal Murray tore his ACL on April 12th. So if he comes back by the very start of the playoffs, that will be exactly a year. Man. That's tough, man. That's a yeah. tough break. Yeah, you're right. If so we, we should probably be actually preparing ourselves that he may miss the entire season. I, I mean, I, I don't know, because I would, you know, knowing Jamal, like, he's going to chomp at the bit to get back probably ahead of schedule. And, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he does come back But I think the general perception out there is basically that he'll miss, like, the first two-thirds of the season, roughly and, speaking. And, right. all, yeah. and also but, just yeah. won't it be could a, be more. Won't and be I don't think we're going to get bubble Jamal next playoffs. I mean, that's probably possible, but I just don't think you should plan on that. And I even wonder, he comes back March 1st, we'll say, which sounds realistically aggressive. If, if he sure. comes back March 1st, is he the number two guy on the team? Probably not. If, I just yeah. I just don't know if it's like, hey, you're coming back, but this year... Right, in the state that he's this in. This year, Monte's yeah. going to be the ball handler. You're going to be more off ball. We're going to play about 27 minutes per game, even in the playoffs or something. I don't, I don't, I don't if know. You, if you look at guys who come back <laughs> from ACL injuries, I was looking at Zach Levine's game log from when he came back. Yeah. And right when he comes back, it's a lot of 8 points, 12 points, 15 points, 6 points. Right. So, it's not like you come back from an ACL injury. Yeah, it's not a. It's not like as big of an injury as it was years ago. But you don't come back and automatically average twenty five a game. Also, yeah. also, like you think about what it would take to win a championship. Like imagine him going up against Drew Holiday. I know yeah. that he's in the East, but I'm just saying that's playoff. What you, it's not like you have to go out there and cook Devin Booker or something. Like you to win, you're gonna have to go against some of your top defensive guys. Most likely, you're gonna be matched up with at least one. And but but tough. can he be good enough? Correct. That it still puts enough pressure on the defense and their game plan. Can he be used as a decoy or something more? It screens well, and all that. And here's where I want to really game theory this out is let's project. It's so hard to do. I know this is so hard to do, but I'm just trying to think about Denver is trying to make a plan right now that will influence and impact not just the next season, but seasons to come most likely. Do mm -hmm. they set themselves up to be flexible or do they lock in trying to go all in? Um if we game theory out, who's going to be the number one seed next year? Well, the Lakers are still, I think, the team that scares you if you're Denver. But – Anthony Davis, LeBron James, it's just at this age, can we pencil them in for a one seed even if we think they're the best team? I don't think so. No. I still think it's going to be really, really tough for those guys to get through a full season healthy. They're probably going to lose manage. So maybe maybe they're the one seed, maybe not. And if it's not them, is it Utah? Is it the Clippers? Is it the Suns? Is it Clippers any of these Clippers have their teams? own ACL uh, thing yeah, to figure out. Is it it's anybody that, that you care about that you're like, man, they can't do that? No, it's going to be tough in the first round. But as long as it's not – you know, the one team that gives you the problems, does it matter if you are an eight seed, seven seed? I don't think you want to be nine, ten, because then you got to win two playing games, which is tough. Yeah. But if you get yourself to where you just need to win one or two to get in, maybe it, maybe that maybe that's part of Denver's factoring. Yeah, that they're like, we can seen, be an eight seed. Uh, we've seen Denver can win a series in six games now. So you don't <laughs> necessarily need the home court advantage every series. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I just, the reason I put this is I keep thinking about all the scenarios for Denver and every, even the good ones, like, that what would it mean for them to show a commitment to winning? And I'm like, does that win? I don't know. You get Will well, Barton watch, back. and Watch us say this, and Nicole Jokic plays in every game and has like an even better season. <laughs> Michael Porter. But see, those things are a given. Like We're not talking about Jokic not being here. We're not talking about Michael Porter not being here and being better. So we're really just talking about Will Barton, Jermichael Green, the draft pick. What are the, Do they add a player like a Reggie Bullock or some, some veteran X? And I don't know. Just Ooh, Reggie Bullock. 
Reggie Bullock. Throwing Bal- a name out I there. I just look around Baltimore people, and I'm like, what <laughs> Baltimore person is going to come to Jeff Denver? Green's kind of DMV area. Yeah, kind of. Oh, is he? Kind of. All right, well, throw him out there. Just he throw he him might out be there. in line for more than nine and a half mil, though. Jeff Green? Right? Is he under contract right now? No, he's free he's agent. Free he's agent, a free right? agent, but he was on a minimum. Yeah, year. but he had a good run. Right, he did. Yeah, but that's still a big jump. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so I don't know. I... We'll see what happens. It's just this is the I've, I've said this a lot of times. This is the first year where I don't feel see a linear like oh the next step is this like this step might be a step forward. It might be a step back. It might be a step sideways. This is the first year I'm not quite sure. I think in meta terms, basically, if the Nuggets have their way, they're gonna really circle back to continuity. I think uh, they love their philosophical underpinnings of we don't skip steps and yeah. build patiently and continuity is just as important a pillar of all of that and i think they were really shaken by jeremy grant leaving last year yeah and they scrambled well you know scraping up faku and yeah the Jermichael. other pieces they did along yeah. the way but like that's not their preferred mode of operating you know they they want to stick with their guys and stay loyal to their guys so i think like if they have their way barton's coming back jermichael's coming back and like It'll be a pretty boring off season if they can like. I think they probably just want to hold the fort for now, you know. While Jamal's gone, try to keep things as normal as possible, as same as possible, until we find out what happens when Jamal gets back, and then you know make allow enough flexibility to make those decisions when we cross that bridge next year. But um, I think. Try not to lose ground is probably the immediate goal. I'll, let me um, let's along those lines. Let's play a game. Scale of one to ten. One being not at all surprised. I expect it. Ten being completely shocked. Where would you be if Will Barton is not on the team in two weeks? Which one is? One not is <laughs> not at all surprised. Ten is extremely surprised. I would say a three. I mean, so you would? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked if he stays or goes. I, I just think there's. But a you're lot slightly of less shocked if he goes. Well, I guess I'd say a five then. Okay. Like, um, I'm just right in the middle. Not shocked about anything that would happen with him because I think it's hard to know what's happening okay. upstairs. Harrison, uh, wh- wait. One is I'm. <laughs> How is this the hardest scale I've ever like thought of? One ten is sized Jokic. Just flabbergasted. Okay. One, one is, is like yes, I thought so. That's what I was expecting. Um. Four. Slightly less. You slightly expect him to go. Oh no, six. Okay. <laughs> I slightly, ex- I slightly expect him back. I love Hell, this. Am, I, am I an idiot? Am I, I know, look, if, if we're playing a game, I need like a graphic to know like what we're doing. Uh, so no, six. So I slightly expect him back. Vote. Right, so which one? Uh, <laughs> four. Four. Yeah. Um, because I think there's kind of like a line in the sand where you go. This is makes a ton of sense for Denver, and then very quickly starts to make less sense and I can conceive of some teams like the Knicks for instance or, or the Spurs saying here's 360 yeah and and if you're Barton I think that's hard to, to turn down it's um, the years that's going to be toughest with Barton I think then the, the salary yeah it's it, it is tough to they, say they could give him two for 18 apiece if they needed to but like giving him three for 50 or 55 yeah. would be you know, once you get into like MPJ's sure. presumed max extension yeah. kicking in and all that, like one thing I keep telling people is that there's multiple uses for cap space. The the I don't think the Cronkies will do this. this. Is not their mo, but you can overspend the summer so that you have more trade flexibility going forward. Sure, this is the Golden State Warriors situation right now. They have this inflated roster that didn't even make the playoffs, but it allows them now to make big swings mm-hmm. and uh, and make deals now that they are ready. So that's one. I don't expect the Cronkies have never done that. Like We're going to pay for a team that will not win. Right. But we sure. can, down the road, maybe translate that into a team that does. Like That's so risky. <coughs> um, I, I'm a three, maybe two and a half. Like mm. I almost, at this point, I, I pretty much expect wow. Will Barton to be gone. I wouldn't be surprised if he did come back, but I would be a little bit more surprised if he did than didn't. Um, I, get, I'm just curious like what the market is going to see his value as because like you know if new york offers him like three years at 60 or something and a starting job then 
well, he's not going to be in Denver anymore. But, Memphis was but a, is New York going to do that? Memphis right. was a spot I thought was a target for him, or that I thought, okay, maybe they'll take him. But that trade, by all accounts, was a trade for Memphis to take Giddy, who is their guy, who would fill the same role. So I wonder. That makes me think that they are less likely now, and also they're you know they took on some contracts to do that. Mm-hmm. So and he doesn't really fit their timeline either. Yeah, um, I don't know what Memphis's timeline is though. He would have fit their timeline if they if they're taking Giddy before this trade. He fit their timeline. He was just a veteran. Now on a young know. roster, but you know what? He'll get them through the next three years, and they might contend during that period, so sure. I don't know. Um, all right, what about Monte Morris? Monte Morris, I'll start over this time. He's uh, not on the roster after oh, tomorrow's draft or maybe at, at least an eight or a nine or a ten. I'd be blown away. Again, I just think you if, if Murray's healthy, you go, there's a lot of guards on this roster. You know, Morris might have some value, but, of course, without him, it's it's – he has to start. He has to play a lot. So I yeah. don't I don't I'm in a similar boat. I mean, look, when we were talking about the trade up scenario, they this don't, is the part of why I brought it up. They don't have a ton of guys that they can throw out there. I, I, I feel like to trade up, Monte is a guy that I feel like teams would want, is on a very cheap salary, is easy to trade. It's like that's the one scenario where I could see it, but even then, I'd still go, you know, six or seven. I'd be pretty surprised if he was not on the team. Joel? Uh, probably eight or nine. Like, I, I think the Nuggets would need almost, like, a real starter point guard in exchange for Monte Morris in order to give him up. Just with Jamal being out for the beginning of the season, like, they value him too highly, not only for his point guarding, but also for his presence in the locker room and as yeah. a leader and all that. And I just think, like, it would take more than, like, the 14th pick or the 15th pick to pry him away at this point because yeah. they, ju- they I, I think they would just see him as not being able to afford losing him. I'm He's an, more valuable to I'm the at, Nuggets yeah. than any other team. I'm at right an eight now. for the same reason. If your point guards are Dozier and Faku, like that's risky. It could work, but it's risky. Um, PJ Dozier, we'll go quick on this one. PJ Dozier, what do you think, Joel? Uh, two, like I. Ooh, so you could see him being gone. I, I think they really like him, but I think he's also more easily tradable. Okay, and you know more of a just kind of okay fluid asset okay interesting uh six i expect him to be back but only slightly i would i would say no i don't think like anything is locked in stone just you wouldn't be that surprised you just wouldn't be that surprised yeah Yeah, i would say six or seven too because of a point you made to me which is you know how much value does pj dozier have to other teams right now yeah maybe not that much maybe not that much it's hard to say last one we'll do jim michael green harrison Oh, man. Four? So you think he's gone? Um, slightly. Slightly more leaning towards it. Okay. Look, like if, if he opts out of that, he opted out of the deal because he can obviously is going to have interest. Yeah. Like you don't opt out of that deal if you don't have interest. Yeah. But that um, picture at Red Rock rocks. That was a convincing picture. <laughs> I mean, he, I thought he was opting in after that. I tell you, he might he might have just opted out because there's his agent might look. There's no reason you can't get another two mil from Denver, even right, if that's where you totally. want to stay. So yeah. five probably for me. Joel, yeah. I, I think a seven or eight. Like I feel like he'll be back. He just seemed so genuinely satisfied with being in Denver after signing, and uh, he seems like a guy who doesn't play you know media games about. Like he kind of speaks his mind, and what he says is Definitely what he's thinking. And I think he probably wants to be back in Denver, assuming you know they give him a deal that he will find with enough years. Like at his age, he'll yeah. be looking for years. But with him, I'm a little less concerned about the years than with Barton because you know I think his style of game will age fine. Like mm. he's not doing anything athletic, right? Much right. So uh, he tries to dunk it very hard. Also, I, I feel like he had <laughs> a little that. bit. I do love it. A value depression over the course of the season, perhaps. Yeah, you yeah. Know, some stretches that definitely he didn't look so great. So I think that may, even though he's yeah. like a prototype player, I think he's valued. He's like Monte, market. though, where everybody around the league knows him and loves him. Right. So, like, he I, did have stretches like that, but then you look at the end of the season and his numbers, and it's just like, oh, that's exactly what I expected. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he's done his entire career. Yeah. All right. Let's hit our break. On the other side, I want to ask Joel a couple questions just about covering the league in Japan. Being talking to Michael Malone this year, he got all the Michael Malone treatment. We'll talk a little bit about that. But then later on, to close the shows, we always do on Wednesdays, guys. We're gonna snake draft. Joel doesn't even know this. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna snake draft Star <laughs> we Wars character. You're a Star him. Wars guy, right? 
I am a Star Wars guy. So you I figured you were going to crush us all. You won't need to prep, brother. <laughs> we're going to snake draft Star Wars, guys. Gets, spoiler alert. Who got the first pick? Where's Joel picking? Third. third. All right, you're For picking third. For competitive balance I, Let me guess. I'm picking last? No. Oh. Wait, who's last? I think it's Adam. Damn it. I only had a three. Oh, it's no, a, Harrison. It is Harrison. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, it's a three-man draft here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and Twitter three votes on the winner. Three-player yeah. draft. Okay. My computer died and my note's not in my phone. <laughs> Oh. oh, son of a gun. I know imagine, my first pick. Imagine, oh. that, imagine oh. if that happened like on draft night. Like, like no, GM's computer just dies and he gets a draft <laughs> off his phone. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Right now at Illegal Pete's, guys. How about we all go down to Illegal Pete's after this show? Any, anyone in? Anyone yeah. in? Uh, they've got. Uh, walk, I'm not wide. Joel just walked like 20 blocks in the heat, and I'm not walking <laughs> two blocks in the heat. Uh, they've got happy hour at all their locations from 3 to 6 p.m. every day. Uh, $1 off drafts, $1 off house and coin style marks, $20 party marks, $1 off large chips and queso, and large chips and guac. Free chips and salsa if you're drinking at the bar as well. Yeah, dude, Joel, Joel's ready to go. Joel's ready to go. Eyes um, of the world, number one. <laughs> they also have a sound check promotion going on. An ongoing promotion at all locations that offers a free draft beer or house mark with the purchase of an adult entree when uh, a guest shows a same-day ticket to any event. So if you're going to a Rockies game, maybe, take advantage of that sound check promotion. That's going on at all Legal Peace locations right now. Also at DraftKings, they've got some really great promos going on for the Olympics. Uh, right now, you can place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's $100 or that's 100 to 1 odds on any American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. Uh, so really basic, free money from DraftKings, bet $1. If the USA gets one medal this week, you're going to cash $100 in free credits so make sure to download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now use promo code dnvr when you sign up to turn one dollar into 100 dollars in free credits if the usa wins a medal that's code dnvr to turn one dollar into 100 dollars in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings sportsbook must be 21 or older colorado only new customers only restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details and if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 um, finally, StravaCraftCoffee.com. Use the code DNVR25 for 25% off your first order from StravaCraftCoffee.com. Of course, packed with CBD can help relieve long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, tons of other stuff as well. If you are a returning Strava customer, use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your order at StravaCraftCoffee.com. Awesome. Final segment here, DNVR Nuggets podcast. One thing I did want to touch on very briefly you know, one of the high-profile stories in sports over the last 24 hours has been the Olympic women's gymnastics team getting winning the silver medal, and Simone Biles, you know, electing not to participate in the, in the team event. And you know, for mental health reasons, she cited even physically, she felt like she was putting her body in danger. Um, but also, I think, especially had to do with mental health, and she she mentioned me mental health, and even referenced the difficulty of being inside this Tokyo bubble, yeah. and, and, and just how different it feels, and. My big takeaway, I mean, you know, I, I think most people, you know, understand that athletes, you know, they know their own mental health and the stress and everything put on them. And, you know, there's no need to like, in my opinion, I know there's people that have been litigating her decision of this or that. I think that is happening on the fringe of people that are quite often on the wrong side of, of these types of debates. But the reason I wanted to bring it up was we just had a bubble last year. And I think that the further we get into this and the more we hear from athletes about the stress of that as a professional athlete, I mean, it was stressful for everybody, for all of us even, but for athletes that had to enter a bubble, you know, they were in there for two weeks and it sounds like it was pretty stressful. It really, to me, more than anything, put, shed some light on how difficult the bubble was for basketball players. We heard these stories, players maybe wanting to get out. Will Barton called it jail. Giannis referenced it in his victory speech yeah. after game six. He talked about how last year felt so different because it was so weird and, and so difficult. I just wonder if you guys, if you have any perspective. I'll start with you, Joel. If you have any per different perspective now on the ball, that was three months they were inside that thing, isolated from most of the people they know and life as they know it. The further we get from that, the more we hear. Does it just sound like that was truly an, anom an anomalous playoffs? It was absolutely an anomalous playoffs. Um, 
not only for the bubble, but for all the basketball that happened in the bubble. Um, but I, I do think, you know, like I go back to Michael Malone's, it, it may have been like his kind of closing thing from his living room after this season, which in a way was kind of an extension of the bubble in terms of the pandemic, but like just the sense of relief that was visible in his face that this season and the bubble yes. season were both over. Yes. Like he just looked like a weight, <laughs> like a right. 20 ton weight had been lifted off his shoulders. And like, I, I don't think any of us can really understand what it was like to be in the bubble, but we can at least, you know, like if you see someone with PS PTSD after the Vietnam war or something right, like that, right. like the shell shocked look on their face is kind of the same. Well, Jamal Murray talking about how he slept like 12 hours, 14 hours a day in large part, not just because he's getting rest because it was like, that was the best way to pass my time was yeah. just to fall asleep and not, you know, not think about anything. I don't this I'm not trying to take anything away from Denver. But I actually think if anything it, I I'm almost more impressed with Denver. The fact that they were in there for so long came back from 2-3-1 deficits when look, it's easy to quit when you're down 3-1 anyway. But if you're down 3-1 and you're in what you consider to be a living hell or a jail, it's so easy to give you in. You got a free Why? pass out the door. You got a free right pass there. like man, yeah. if I lose, thank God, I what get to go home. What if you're down 3-1 and down double digits in the third quarter yeah. of an elimination game? You're like well, just one more quarter and we're out of here. So yeah. in many, I for me it's almost I look at it and I'm just even more impressed and more sympathetic almost to the difficulty that they had to overcome. I think it was hard in the moment to analyze those playoffs in a vacuum with that dynamic hanging over it. Because on the one hand, you didn't just want to be constantly slinging out excuses. It sort of felt like, all right, let's just cover these basketball games. But on the other, there was this like mammoth in the room, right? Which is, this is not normal. And I don't think, you know, I think we'll continue to peel layers off that onion for years to come as we talk to these players about this stuff. I mean, Malone, I'm, I'm sure you were on the call, Joel, as you were on those calls all year. At one point, someone asked him about the bubble, and he, and he more or less said he wouldn't do it again. You know, like he wouldn't yeah, do that to his right. family. And so the extent to which it was difficult for them, I think we all knew. But wrapping our heads around it is going to be an almost futile exercise. Yeah. But I love that point about the comebacks. Like when you frame it like that, you know, third quarter, <laughs> yeah. down yeah. 20 or whatever it was, it's like, do I want to go to the club or do yeah. I want to try to win this game? Forget like, the club. We can make it even softer. Do I just want to go home? Yeah, yeah just sleep do in I want to go bed. sit on the couch? I mean, they <laughs> talked about all the little things they set up for them. You know, ever, you've ever been on a resort for five, six days, and like God. by day four, you're kind of like, you know, the chocolate fountain's cool, the paddleboard, this stuff is fun, but I'm actually over it. I don't really actually want it. And that's how I think they were. They're like, we have the fishing boat. But by week three, you're kind of like, I don't want to do the fishing boat. I don't want to yeah. do the bike ride. I don't want to play whatever games you're playing out on the lawn like no I just want to go home so I imagine that the last couple of weeks that a team or the Nuggets were in the bubble um, like Western Conference Finals nobody is like going on like fishing like nobody right. yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no like oh let's all go and like uh, you know hang out this night or something yeah. it's like all right, we're just going to sleep and go play and sleep and then practice and play Elitches is awesome but I know, like, I know this from just from back in the day. A lot of parents would just take your the kids to buy a summer pass instead of daycare, and then just yeah. drop the kids off at Elitch's. And after like Legendary. four, and after four days, the kids are like, Elitch's sucks. I'm just gonna <laughs> steal things." <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> this is what I'm telling you. If you steal drop, things. if you this drop it, really 12, specific. <laughs> You heard it. So you Are had you dropped off you every single day. Did, did you commit all burglary daily? Just got, not daily, but it was like three or five days a week. Yeah, you're like, what else am I going to do? Ride this ride again? Not fun anymore. But you know so what is fun? Trying to shit? steal things. And so Kale's a into, kleptomaniac. Uh, hitting on the other, you know, the girl kids that are also there that got dropped off for That's daycare. It's just like a lot of 11 to 13-year-olds not knowing what to do. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we'll keep it moving here, guys. Um, we're going to snake draft now Star Wars characters. Joel is Can a I Star Wars. one yeah. last point on that? Yeah. Just no, to, uh, Joel, Jesus. Uh, is, it, is it on 12-year-olds at Elitch's? Is this the point you're going to make? Burgery. No, nothing to do with that. <laughs> thank God. Okay, thank God. And I don't like where that's going. But, uh, <laughs> Me either, Joel. <laughs> but, Get us out. <laughs> but just uh, about the comebacks thing and the way that this year's playoffs ended, like, uh, it wasn't only me. A few different people asked Malone or Connolly over the last couple of years, like, where does this res and the players as well? Where does this resiliency come from? Yeah. Why are you guys so resilient? Like, 
Which, you know, now that I think about it, it's kind of a weird question for them to answer. Right. Like, right. <laughs> if I was one of them, I'm not sure if I would know how to answer that. But I think we did get an answer these playoffs. Like, a pretty big percentage of that was Jamal Murray. Oh, of course. You know, like, no question about it. That Sun series, like, not only him as a player on the basketball court, but just, like, that spirit of, if we need to win this game and I need to score 54 points to do it, I'm going to do it. Right. right. If you guys want to go home, go home. I'm not going home. Sure. You know? Just and I think Jokic learned, absorbed some of that from Murray, actually. Like, he kind of turned it on more last year and this year. But yeah. I think Murray brought that in, you know, from Great the point. beginning first right. more than Jokic. I agree. But, I agree. But it'll be good to have him back next season in the playoffs because, like, that resiliency, I think, a lot can be credited to Murray. Right. Those comebacks and all that. No question about it. All right, so Joel's a big Star Wars guy. We've all draft prepped for the snake draft here. You can go ahead and Kale, pull Kale, do up. you want to sub in for me for the snake <laughs> draft? Like, I'm uh, s I am I love you, Joel. I'm just not feeling this. Har Harrison called in sick when I told him we were going to snake draft Star Wars <laughs> characters, and I told him he can't, man. He can't call in sick today. So um, I, too, am not a st big Star Wars person. Brendan Vote, not huge at it. But we did this on purpose. Joel, you should dominate. You should absolutely destroy us. In this draft here, we'll see. But I think you guys will mainly know the more popular characters. Yeah, so oh, you're gonna be weird, two in the like, weeds. I might not get the most. No, this is I'm what best. happens to me. I'm every picking year, off everything. Rolling Stones' best fifty Star Wars characters. <laughs> that's that's my draft. Dude, I our audience is, is like is like <laughs> niche nerd. Not a bad list. Though. You'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be fine. Uh, all right. So the number one pick somehow went to Brendan. I don't know why. Probably because I win all these drafts. Th yeah, exactly. Because I do feel like this, there's a really good top number one. Yeah, it's downhill. Um. For, it might not be what you're thinking. Uh, I'm going to take Han Solo. I Is that he, crazy to you? He's no. number one on the Rolling Stone big board. Been, would that have been your number one? Probably one or two. He's, he's, yeah. he's yeah. a one seed, right, Joel? Okay. Definitely. All right. Well, I'm taking who I thought should be the number one. You, you I know what you're Yeah, doing. you just took Greg Oden. I'm going to take Darth Vader. Darth Vader, iconic, mm. all timer. <laughs> he is iconic. I took Greg Oden. Got here. <laughs> uh, the yeah, force. He's you know? iconic. Yeah, <laughs> that, right, Adam. The Death but Star. I get, I get Death Anna, Star is pretty cool. Question, actually, Joel, you could be the judge on this. I also get Anakin Skywalker, right? Yeah. It's not that we have to like, break Wait, that into you? two characters or something. Or do you I, feel like we should? Uh, I, I, I would say, yeah. That's, I'm with oh, Joel. You get the boat. They're the same. It's part of what I makes mean, from him compelling. a certain point of view. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's what makes oh, it compelling, though, is the transition. All right, oh, that's an easy number according one. According to Obi Wan, but right. I, I would say it's the same person. Okay, same person. Hell yeah, man! I just right, got Joel. two picks for one. Melt our faces off, bro. Oh, it's my pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. your pick. All right, I'm gonna go with Lando Calrissian. Then. Wow, really? Not even on my radar. Is that a, <laughs> <laughs> is that a reach? Is he well, reaching? what do we have here? <laughs> All right, he is pretty smooth. You're right. He is, he is smooth. the coolest. Yeah. I, I said Han Solo was the coolest. I was wrong. Lando's the coolest. Okay. All right. <laughs> Back oh, to perfect. <laughs> uh, give me Yoda. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> give me one. Yoda. I, I feel like that's a Yoda. nice first pick. And then, um, you know, I'm just gonna, <laughs> this gets really hard. So good. I am now out of character. You guys are the like, worst. <laughs> give me, uh, give me Skywalker. Which, Which one? one, Luke? All, All right. right. <laughs> Give me Luke Skywalker. That's a solid fourth and fifth pick. pick. I don't. I disagree. I feel solid with those picks. Thank, thank you, Joel. Thank you, Joel. I, I don't think Luke's a great character. Well, I'm gonna take Joel's opinion way more than Adam. So, <laughs> he's a little whiny. But that's what makes it great because he grows out of that. Yeah, that's right. thank you, thank you, Joel. Great he comes point. a little crabby. Later that's what in makes life. the uh, beginning of Return of the Jedi on Jabba's barge so much more satisfying when he finally. Jedi Luke finally comes out. Right, totally. he's a badass. Couldn't have said it better his, myself. His petulant kind of yeah. real coming of age. <laughs> but he is definitely whiny in the first one. I was going into Tashi Station to pick up some power. Computer. Yeah, like, what was he thinking there? <laughs> Did you get that reference? Nope. Let's go, Joel. <laughs> Let's go, Joel. <laughs> All right, Joel, you got your second rounder here. Oh, I lead the second round. Yeah, it's well, a snake we're draft. snake drafting. Oh, so yeah, snake up. draft. Okay. Well then, draft board's right there if you need to look at. <laughs> I'll go with Greedo. Wow. I saw him ranked super high, and I never understood he why. He should be ranked super high. He's super cool. 15th on this board. All right. I'm going to take Mando. Okay. A little bit of a reach. That. You knew I would. Is that who you wanted? I knew you would. No, I'm good. I know right. exactly where I'm going. I'm taking... Some people say it's Jar Jar, and some people say it's it's Mando. It's... You did this last time. when you I said see the future on superpowers, and you put Foresight. If you put Mandalorian, everybody will know who... But he is the Mandalorian. 
<laughs> what would yeah, you that, put? That's why you lost for more it. people to know it. That is why I lost. People are like foresight. What is that? Like <laughs> wisdom or something? No, it's seeing the future, which is very valuable. I thought you lost because it's a conspiracy. It is a conspiracy. No, oh, here we go. <laughs> all right, Joe. What? Yeah, this is going to end up working as a set here. All three of these. I'll take Chewbacca, <sighs> and I'll take Boba Fett, and I'll see you losers at the finish line. Man, Boba Fett's a good one too, man. That's yeah, a good one he too. was on my board. He was on my board for sure. <laughs> um, I know, he really did. Now, you guys are going to think that I'm actually playing here, but I actually, this one is an important one to me. I learned it from The Mandalorian and then ended up doing my research and learning more. Very easily going to be my Ahsoka Tano. Nice. That's a good nice, pick. I'm nice, very surprised nice, you said nice that. You didn't realize I knew. Yeah, I, know, I know. I know nice my Star pick. Wars. No, you don't, but that's good. <laughs> You're right, I don't, but I knew that one. All right. Is it me? Yeah. How yeah, did you feel? You. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> the reach? <laughs> Damn it. I'm a movies guy. Okay, all right. All right. I, I've never really Not, delved yeah. too deeply into the animated okay. stuff. But I, I know Ahsoka is like okay. hugely popular yeah, among. Badass. Pretty badass. And she's in that one episode, and she was dope. All right. That's true, yeah. So I guess I already got Lando, so I'm going to go with Lobot next. Who? <laughs> Lobot's the guy with the headphones who Lando hangs out with on Cloud City. <laughs> okay. These are speak. such deep cuts, man. <laughs> I love the way he's schooling us without any any. Told computer. you I was going to get weird. So yeah. here we go. How best. does he spell that, Joel? L-O-B-O-T. Lobot. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to take a bit of a package deal as well <laughs> with my next two picks. Give me C-3PO and then give me R2-D. Damn. <laughs> Let's go. That is... Getting them together is actually yeah, super oh, smart. You gotta get them That's together. That's super smart to get them. You got. Damn it! Look at his lineup. This is competitive. He's gonna murder this us. This is competitive. Look at this lineup. Yoda, Luke Skywalker. Damn it! You're so good at this wind. Oh, you are definitely gonna murder me. Um, all right, I'm going. I had somebody way down the line here. God, I'm so proud of those two picks. Oh, it's me. Yeah. Well, I got to go with Princess Leia. Yeah, she was uh, number two <laughs> on the top fifty big board. Yeah, this is terrible. So a, a real, her. a real faller, a real faller. <laughs> the medical didn't. She check really it out. fell. <laughs> yeah, she was red flagged. God damn it! I'm gonna look at my ass kicked again. I can already see it. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but he's not that great of a character. I, mean, I know. I'm it's a great to tank actor. You. A great actor. Um, who did I just had? I had one pulled up that I was very excited Mace about. Mace Windu. No, it's the guy that, oh, his name is apparently Chirrut Emway. Who? Chirrut Emway? Yeah. Uh, from Rogue One? Yeah, from Rogue oh, One. Yes, really liked yes. him. He was fun. C-H-I-R-R-U-T space I-M-W-E. C-H-I-R-R-U-T? That's right. And then what? I-M-W-E. He's like the blind samurai guy. Like I am one with the force. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a badass. Not only is he a Jedi, but he's blind. All right, I'll take Obi Wan. Oh my god! In the fourth round. Damn it! I should have. I forgot. I kind of forgot he was off the board. Or he was still on the board. Damn it! You're right. That's a way better pick than mine. All right, this one I deserve to take. Hey, can I take? Hey, Kale. First time. Can I take Baby Yoda? Yeah, his name. Well, if you can say his name, you can. Um, How do you want me to put it? His real name. <laughs> do I get bonus points if I know? Can you can you put I Baby Yoda in parentheses though, just so I pick up all the votes? That's such a good point. Oh, man, if it's I'm gonna, Grogu. If I'm gonna lose, I might as well just lose all the way. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Dude. Uh, we, we, right, I'm taking. Good I'm taking Finn. Taking him. Okay. Do you want to write his like character arc? Do you want to finish it for the writers because they never got around to it? Is this my fourth or fifth pick? <laughs> this is your fifth, fifth pick. Right there. Final pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> my my eyes dialed in. But I think I'm gonna choose one for the real Star Wars fans and oh, go with do it. Will Rohit. Be yourself, man. Okay. Will Will Rohit. That's W I L R O W. Who is this? And then Hood. He's in the Empire Strikes Back, and he runs through Cloud City when they're evacuating, carrying what later was found out to be an ice cream maker from Sears. <laughs> and he became kind of a cult favorite uh, Star Wars character, incredible. Will Rohood. Absolutely incredible. God, I feel so bad about my draft. This is the first one I deserve to lose. I'll probably W I L for no reason. R-O-W. Will Rohood. 
Oh, that's awesome. Okay, Harrison, uh, I will finish out the perfect. And I, draft. I will lose because of that, but I don't care. I'll wrap up the draft with Darth Maul. No job of the hut, dude. <laughs> oh, job of the hut didn't go. Damn Palpatine didn't go. It. That was Palpatine. my ultimate. Yeah. Man, Darth did. Maul, dude, the double-ended lightsaber. Yeah, Re- that's right. Harrison. Revolutionary. That's right. Revolutionary. I've never seen that before. Damn it, man. We left a lot of good ones on the board. Um, yeah. We left a lot of good ones on the board. Joel, it was fun, man. It was fun Absolutely. having you I'm here. So glad to finally meet you guys face to face and to yeah, see this place. Yeah, in person. So. I was really stoked to meet you until we locked eyes and I realized you had no clue who I was. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm glad to have met you. I've just seen these guys a lot more. That's no, I'm, I'm just point. kidding, Joel. I don't. Great we literally maybe they're more like other. attention yeah. hounds. They kind of put themselves out there. That's well, so that, true. That's at least so one true. of them. At least one. You are so mean. I know. Me. I'm sorry. Uh, everybody, don't forget. Tomorrow is going to be an absolutely fantastic yeah. day here at the DNVR bar. We have two things going on that are be fantastic. You're going to get Thursday the draft live. We're going to have it playing through the speaker. We're going to have all kinds of cool stuff going on. We have a wheel. I don't want to spoil a big a big uh, event tomorrow, but guys, we have a wheel. We're going to have a ceremonial spinning of the wheel lands on like a wheel of fortune type thing it lands on a thing some prediction for the night and if that prediction comes true free drinks free shot for everybody in the Whoa. bar ah, free shot yeah a little we're gonna start doing this for every game every watch party it. we're gonna have some type of event like during games it'll be like bowl bowl makes a three or something you know it'll be like an obscure thing yeah but maybe it, not that one it just gives you a crazy <laughs> thing to root for yeah, yeah Jokic triple double you know whatever yeah. um so it should be a lot of fun i look forward to doing that all right everybody we'll awesome. see you tomorrow for the draft peace Right now at Hassle Cattle Company, DNVR listeners can get 10% off your entire purchase when you use the code DNVR10 at checkout at HassleCattleCompany.com. If you're in the area of the DNVR bar on East Colfax, stop in. Uh, We've got Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu beef on our burgers. It's my go-to item on the menu. So good every time. We've got it in the bar, and if you want to experience it and you're not around the bar, Use the code DNVR10 at checkout at HassleCattleCompany.com. The best Wagyu beef around. They've got everything from New York Strip to beef bacon to Wagyu Franks, jerky flavors. they got everything. Use the code DNVR10 at Hassle Cattle Company for 10% off.